And then lastly, our uh, labor board charges. Almost nobody goes and files labor board charges against management. But um, I think it's valuable because it will set a precedent for future decisions. Um, so there's a lot you can do there. tonight's chats to what what's the word am i looking for i have no idea to to i have to be careful with my words um to hammer these supervisors <laughs> it's woodshed night woodshed no back on chat leave it there oh no, okay yep okay yes it is woodshed night People are jumping so. on. Good evening. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night OWCP chats with Chris and Jeannie. We started a minute early, but um, anyways, here we that are. That'll give me time to share since y'all don't share sometimes. Oh, uh, you share fine. I we share appreciate fine. you. Thank you so much for doing all the shares. Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Tonight. Oh, here we go. We are talking about the rules, laws, and regulations that management must follow. And you guys saw that I emphasized must. So while we're just getting started and everybody's hopping on, go ahead and share this or tag your friends. So when you tag your friend, you have to click the at sign and then their name. That way it'll pop up on their account that uh, you're requesting them to join this page. And this is why we tell you to share. This is why we tell you to click the follow button. So when we do go live or when we do have any posts, you guys get the notification just like any other notification. So this is a, we do this uh, woodshed night every quarter. So if you missed it, January, February, or March, here we are doing it again. And then we'll do it probably the end of the summer and then right before Christmas because things get very chaotic. In the meantime, hello, Tim. Hello, Maria. Um, you guys will see some of our offices pop up. Take note where they're located in case you or a friend needs help. We have everything up here as well on our TV screen. While I share, I'm going to have Chris talk about what's coming up for us this weekend and next, where we're going to be. Hello, everybody on Instagram. I see you guys hopping on. We are talking about Woodshed. Hello, everybody on LinkedIn. Uh, All YouTube, the Facebook pages and YouTube. TikTok everywhere. So let's get started with some housekeeping. Yeah. So again, please just share this. The reason we ask you to share is because your friends who aren't here aren't getting the benefit of the knowledge. Uh, you can help them. Every time I talk to people, somebody, if not multiple people, uh, say, I wish I would have known about you a year ago or two years ago. So, oh, shoot. Let's use our microphone to see what happens. Oh. Hey, can you hear us now? Um, it's like everyone's like, hey, they're yelling from far away. You want a microphone too? Okay, she's going to grab hers in a minute. She's not in a hurry. All right, so, um, but people are saying all the time, I wish I would have known about you then, you know, and um, and that's real problematic if it's you because, um, you know, if you wait till you need this information, it's too late. It's certainly too late if you never hear about it. So just tell your friends and you can just share this. We really appreciate it. So we just came back from a couple of great places, uh, not just because it was Las Vegas and the Rocky Mountains, although those places are great. But we were in uh, Vegas, 
And the purpose of that was to meet up with Dr. Uh, Chris Colgan and his wife, Sandy. They're really excited to be joining us. Uh, yes, they they're are. getting a brand new space. Um, I think they found the spot they wanted on Friday. So I'm really excited about that. And um, then they're just going to start staffing up and getting the equipment and everything they need so they can help you in the Las Vegas uh, area and uh, truly all of Nevada because there's no other, nobody else in the whole state helping. Yep. So we stopped off in Vegas and did that uh, while we were there. Um, we won a few hundred dollars playing roulette. Mostly she won. I lost mostly because uh, she's got a knack for it. I don't know. I love it. I just stick my chips. I stick my what? $15 chips and everywhere. And I had a crowd following me and putting all their coins on. Yeah, it's like a miracle. <laughs> she just hits it every single time. Um, anyway, so we left there and we flew into Denver. Uh, that was each of our first time to be in Colorado outside of the Denver airport. We've laid over there several times as we will. Uh, this Friday coming up in two days. But we drove like an hour, hour and a half up into the Rocky Mountains, which was a nice surprise. We didn't realize that's where this is going to be. We were, what, 11 minutes away? Yeah. From the mountain. And so um, while we were there, we were teaching OWCP to an AFGE group um, and that's actually housed in the Department of Labor. So it was really interesting. And um, great group. So I have a three-hour class I taught, um, and we had such a good time. Um, and I can't forget because I see Tanya on here. Uh, the other thing we did in Vegas is we got to go see our friends, Tanya and Nino. And um, they were really, really sweet. You should see the spread that Tanya cooked for Jeannie and I. It was unbelievable. I'd like to say it was all just for me uh, because it was that good. So we want to thank Tanya and Nino for being so. Uh, yes, for their hospitality. So yeah, it made it uh, the trip to Vegas kind of feel like home. That's the first time it's ever felt like home. Anyways, uh, so now coming up on Friday, we're flying to Sacramento to teach OWCP at the California State Convention for APW. Uh, like always, APW steps up and uh, makes sure that their members has more, not less. Uh, so as always, you should be commended. Uh, we're looking forward to that. So I've got a two or three hour class I'll be teaching there. And then we come back Sunday and then boom, on Tuesday, we're off to Orlando. And uh, that's for the Florida APW convention. Um, so those of you that are in Florida and want to come by and say hello, please do. Uh, Jeannie and I will be there and she'll post where we're going to be online. So that's what's coming up. And then that is the that's it for the rest of the month. Outside of that, we're just here talking about chat. So tonight is woodshed night. Woodshed night is my favorite night because it's a night that I take all your supervisors out behind the woodshed and give them the what for. Um, I'm not for violence, but um, I am for using the rules, laws, and regulations. So while we won't actually use a two-by-four on anybody, um, my two-by-four will be my words. And tonight, I'm going to go over with you the specific rules, laws, and regulations that your supervisors are routinely breaking. And um, if you'll do something about it, then we can put a stop to supervisors um, sort of running roughshod on you when you get hurt at work. Believe me, if it's happening to you, it's happening to your coworkers. It's happening to everybody. And um, we want to put a stop to it. So we're doing that by teaching you what you need to know so that it doesn't happen to you and your coworkers. So again, tell your friends, uh, share this page. Uh, if it takes you away, just come back. We're not going anywhere. How are you doing over there? So I'm doing. So, um, yeah, we've had a rough couple weeks. Uh, we were home for a couple of days and now we're back. And um, I will go ahead and tomorrow post where we're going to be in Sacramento. Um, so if there's any other federal agencies 
that want to come see us or grab some books because we got to haul a ton of books and They'll lots of fun stuff. Home. Yeah, we try we try to give them all away. Um, but any agency is allowed to come and see us. Unfortunately, you cannot join the training. That's the only thing. Well, it's because it's not our training. It's yeah. not our show. So you'd have to be invited by the actual union that's putting, uh, putting it on. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm always posting pictures of what we do. And a lot of people think we're always on vacation and we're not. Yeah, we're we actually the best we can to make the best of it. Like yeah. In Vegas. We, we fly in, we teach, then we fly out. So right after teaching, we just normally go and do something. So no, we're not on vacation every week, which would be kind of fun. It'd get old. I like being home. Yeah, we definitely love being at home. Stupid advisors and boss holes. Yeah, Ron. Uh, Ron's always the best. All right, so let's get this going. Get your friends, get your coworkers, because a lot of you, when I shared this last week, were like, "Oh my gosh, you guys are doing it again," because this is a sticky topic for you guys. Because here's what we hear all the time: my friends are injured. They really want to go see a doctor, but they're scared of filing their claim. So from there, because that's Chris's first uh, topic, fear. So let's get into fear. And you shouldn't care if they're going to retaliate against you, try to fire you because they can't because of certain rules, laws, and regulations. So with that said, I'm passing the mic to Chris. All right. Um, you should know that the rules as they apply to OWCP were not meant to penalize you. They're meant to protect you. They protect the injured worker. And what's sad is that you've all been, I think, gaslighting is an appropriate term. Uh, you've all been made to believe that OWCP is out to get you and that the rules are there to penalize you. But truthfully, the rules are there to penalize your supervisors. The only way the rules can penalize you is if you lie. Um, you know, if you file a, frost, a false or fraudulent claim or statement in connection with the FICA claim, you can be punished severely. Uh, so I'll say, and this will be the only thing I'll say to you as far as that goes, is just tell the truth. And it's our experience that you do. So uh, it's not something I'm really concerned about. But for somebody that's new and you may be thinking, how can I get over on the system? You can't. So don't even try. Um, first of all, being hurt at work sucks. Ask anybody here that's had to go through it. And um, so faking it sucks even worse because, uh, man, until you've been there, it's hard to understand. But outside of just the basic tell the truth, all the other rules are there to, to uh, sort of guide the process and penalize management when they do the wrong job. The reason management doesn't get penalized is because you don't penalize them. You don't file grievances. You should file grievances when they violate the rules. They're generally probably violating your contract. Um, all of your agencies have um, inspector generals. You can speak to your uh, local OIG um, for your agency. Yeah, that's there not reverb. We had volume on. Um, you know, the OIGs for your agencies sometimes can do something about it, but they can't do anything if you don't tell them to. Um, and when you're violating law, if you're a supervisor, you're, you're probably, you know, can be reported to DOJ. I've been told that, too, that you can contact DOJ and say, look, here's the law and here's what happened. Now, they may have bigger fish to fry, but as far as I'm concerned, what what's going on with you is the most important thing. Right. And so. I want you to be aware that there are there's recourse. There's OSHA, uh, 1-800-321-OSHA. If you feel like uh, there are safety violations, and I'll talk more about this in a minute, you can call OSHA, and OSHA will penalize management. 
you can file EEO complaints. Too many of you say that that's useless, but it works sometimes. Uh, so I wouldn't call it useless. I'd say, you know, just talk to a new EEO counselor. Uh, they are there to help you. And then lastly, our uh, labor board charges. Almost nobody goes and files labor board charges against management. But um, I think it's valuable because it will set a precedent for future decisions. Um, so there's a lot you can do there. With that said, I want to talk to you about the specific roles that your supervisors are breaking. Along the way, just pause me when there's questions and we'll just answer it. So, so, so Tanya, you said, but how do people know what to do and know what their rights are when stupid advisors lie or are uneducated? Educate. Well, this is where, where you have to be because we're going to tell you, we're going to teach you. So there's tons of rules, laws, and regulations in all the books. Yeah. And, all the books. And to answer that question, Tanya, more thoroughly is not just for you, because I, I think you understand it, but everyone else, um, especially if you're new here, tell somebody. Yeah. Let people know that we're here teaching this, because until you understand that your supervisors are full of crap, you're going to take it as if it's the word. And um, before before it happens, if someone on here tonight says, um, well, that's not what my supervisor said, so I'm going to do what they say. Um, this is not the show for you. This is like you. There's probably like a supervisor broadcast somewhere you can go to. And uh, they can feed you all the crap uh, that you want to eat. When you come here, you're just going to get the truth. So let's deal with it. First of all, um, management says, I don't want to do my part. I don't, I'm not going to help you fill out your CA1 or your CA2. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, I don't think you're hurt bad enough. I don't have time. Um, I just don't have to. Nothing is going to happen to me. I'm not going to help you file your injury claim. Well, the Code of Federal Regulations, and that's CFR, and I'm, I'm not going to say Code of Federal Regulations all this night because um, it's a mouthful. So CFR. The CFR says that the employer shall complete their portion of the CA1 or CA2. What does that mean? They have to. They must. Shall is must. It doesn't, it's unequivocal. It doesn't say the employer might complete or may complete, or if the employer has time to complete, or if they think you're hurt enough, then they'll complete it. It says the employer shall complete the agency portion of form CA1 or CA2, no more than 10 days after the receipt of notice from the employee. So in other words, now everything's filled out on ECOMP, right? And you go to ECOMP and you fill out your CA1 or your CA2 there. Well, you get your supervisor's email and it gets them an email saying, okay, it's your turn. Um, we filled out page one, it's your turn to fill out page two, right? Well, from there, they have 10 days to submit that to the Department of Labor. So it doesn't say, you know, they shall complete it and maybe send it in sometime. They shall complete it and turn it in no more than 10 days. And so when your supervisor says, I don't have to do that or I don't have time to do that. Well, sorry, because here's the law. And if they don't do it, then you've got, you know, recourse. I just told you, file a grievance, call OSHA, 1-800-321-OSHA. They say that your sixth employee right is a right to report a work injury. So let's ask them if it's a violation for your supervisor not to do their job. Um, so it's really important. Definitely, they shall complete their part of the CA1 or CA2. Now, in my opinion, the coolest thing that happened is ecom because now everything's done online. Um, it's all tracked automatically. You don't need the receipt of notice to say to prove that you filed your claim because there's a date stamp on your email. Um, so, I think ecom is great, and also you don't have to sit in front of a supervisor and debate whether or not uh, they need to fill out the form. They just get an email, and if they don't do it, they violate. You know, the, they violate law in a couple of places. And it's your job to punish them by filing grievances, calling OSHA, 
um, you know, contacting DOJ, OIG, EEO, or any of the other alphabets, right? <laughs> and do something about it. Don't don't do nothing. Whatever's happening to you is happening to other people. So don't do nothing. Um, that would be my advice. Uh, let me just get to Penny here. Penny said, I just received my fourth denial because I can't get a proper causation letter. I've tried twice getting. Okay, I'm going to work on Penny. Private message me, please. I will fix that. I'm not sure what happened there. Okay. So that deals with just your ability to report the injury is that you, you have an absolute right to do it. And the employer shall complete their portion within 10 days. Um, so keep that in mind. Very important. Too many supervisors say, I don't have to help you. So the first two by four goes over the head of the supervisor saying they don't have to, because this, the two by four, by the way, is words. We're not actually hitting people with wood, but it is shall. They shall complete their portion. Mm -hmm. And then let's say they complete it and they write something that's incorrect on the second page of the CA1 and they know it's wrong or, um, well, let me just read this law. So the Code of Federal Regulations, the CFR says, a number of statutory provisions make it a crime. What does it make it? A crime. A crime to file a false or fraudulent claim or statement with the government in connection with a claim under FECA or to wrongfully impede a FECA claim. So that's the one that can get you if you're not telling the truth. Again, we're not worried about you not telling the truth. But if you don't, this is the one that gets you. It's a crime to file a false or fraudulent claim with FICA. So if you're not really hurt, don't file a claim. But for the supervisor, it's a crime to file a false or fraudulent statement with a claim in connection with FICA. So what does that mean? What if your supervisor says that um, their knowledge of the facts of the injury don't agree with you, but they damn well know that it does? Well, they knowingly filed a false statement because they had to write something false on the CA1. What if they say that it was uh, due to willful misconduct, but they know it wasn't? Or... Um, it was not in performance of duty, but they know for sure that it was. So when they write things that are knowingly false, then they are, uh, according to 20 CFR 10.16a, they're committing a crime. Now, it also says it's also a crime to wrongfully impede a FECA claim. So what would wrongfully impede your claim, your workers' comp claim? Would it wrongfully, and I ask this all the time we're at live events, I'll yep. ask it on uh, Saturday when I'm teaching in Sacramento. Would it wrongfully impede your claim if your supervisor said, I'm going to retaliate, I'm going to fire you, I'm going to demote you, I'm going to send you 100 miles away to work, um, or I'm just going to have my eye on you, I'll be watching you every step of the way, you know, if they're just trying to intimidate you, would that wrongfully impede a claim? I say yes. Um, if they refuse to fill out their, their portion of CA1 or 2, would that wrongfully impede a claim? Absolutely, it impedes your claim. You can't have a claim started until it gets sent into the claims examiner. So anything that wrongfully impedes a claim is a crime. And so when your supervisors are doing things and you know they're violating this, you should show them this. You should say, did you know that to wrongfully impede my claim is a crime? And that crime is punishable by fines and imprisonment. Yep. So who wants it? Just fill out the forms. It's ridiculous. But what you got to know is that you hold all the power. The supervisor is required to do these things. And the only way you're penalized is if you're telling a lie. And you're not going to do that. And so all the laws, all the rules are set to penalize management when they don't do the right job. So make them do the right job. Use the law as your two by four. I like that. And then uh, the United States Code, 19 U.S.C., 1922. It says, whoever induces, compels, or directs an injured employee to forgo filing an injury claim shall be fined, imprisoned, or both. So whoever induces, compels, or directs you 
to not file your claim. And this goes in line with the other thing. If they say, hey, if you file the claim, you're going to get fired. If you, like we had someone in Alabama who they said, you know, if you file that claim, the best uh, thing for you to do now is resign. Oh, yeah. And they called OSHA and that supervisor doesn't work there anymore or anywhere in the federal government because it works. Yeah. Calling OSHA does work. Um, it turned out that person was that supervisor was doing this to a lot of people. But whoever induces, compels, or directs an injured employee to forego filing an injured claim shall be fined, imprisoned, or both. I mean, that's very serious. So nobody is allowed to prevent you from filing a claim. Now, look, they can take your CA-1 and they can say, we don't, we don't agree with any of this. As long as they're telling the truth, that's fine. That's their only recourse. Your supervisor's job is to fill out the forms and get the hell out of the way. That's it. They don't realize that. They think their job is to, you know, handle the claim and, and manage the claim and track the claim and whatever. It, their job is to fill out the forms and move. Just get out of the way. So whoever induces, compels, or directs you from filing an injury claim shall be filed, uh, filed, fined in prison or both. So any questions you on that? No. Okay. You're going to have to scroll down on some of these because people had questions on there that's not popping up here. I'm going to have to scroll those. Somebody will. With my plastic arm yeah. stretched out. That's not going to happen. Uh, we'll have to figure that out. All right. So um, I'll do it in a minute. Here's the deal. Here's what OSHA says. Again, 1-800-321-OSHA. As I always say, that is an easier number than your own phone number. Nobody can forget that. 1-800-321-OSHA. But here it is on their website. It says, know your rights. And the sixth employee right is the right to report an injury or illness and get copies of your medical records. So and then it says on another page, uh, protection from retaliation. And OSHA says it is illegal for an employer to fire, demote, transfer or otherwise retaliate against a worker who complains to OSHA and uses their legal rights. So if you use your legal rights and report a work injury, they cannot retaliate, demote, transfer or otherwise well, fire, demote, transfer, or otherwise retaliate. Uh, that's why we call OSHA. Because when they, when the supervisors do this stuff to you, you have to do something about it. And OSHA makes it clear that those things are not okay. All right. Dave Blevins said, I filed the CA, two CA7 12 days ago. They are still on undecided. I had to see my personal doctor because they wouldn't authorize me to get to see a work comp doctor. I finally found a DOL neurologist but I can't see them sooner than September 11th. Uh, Dave, I'm not sure where you're located, but uh, nobody can authorize you to see a doctor. In fact, the next thing I'm going to talk about is how it is your right to choose your own doctor. Uh, you don't have to go where they send you to. Go wherever you want to go. Um, if it takes all day calling doctors, you can. you got to find somebody in your area that will see you soon. Um, because like, you're not going to get paid on your CA7s without some documentation. And I'm just hoping right now that your claim's even approved because if it's not approved, you'll never get paid. So first you have to have your claim approved and then you need documentation to prove you need it to be off of work. Um, it's not just as simple as turning in a CA-7. There's documentation that has to go along with it. If you need some more help on that, let us know. We will be glad to help. Yeah. Uh, Aaron said, is there an actual time frame to file an OWCP 957 for? Uh, no. So the 957 is a, tr is a uh, medical travel refund request. Um, in other words, if you drive up to 100 miles round trip to see the doctor, you can be reimbursed for your mileage. You can be reimbursed also for like hotels, airfare, Uber, Lyft, buses, taxis. Um, but some of that stuff you'll want to get prior authorization. In other words, call your claims examiner and ask if they'll cover it. If you have to, you know, fly or stay overnight someplace. Even meals uh, sometimes can be covered. 
But to answer your question, um, in the rules, there's nothing I've ever found that says there's a time limit on this. And so um, when your claim gets approved, that's when you turn in your 957 form with your documentation so you can get reimbursed. Miss Abdul said, I filed a CA-7 more than twice. It's been rejected that I didn't feel fill it out right. How can I get someone to help? First of all, your, your OWCP claim has to be approved. Um, we do have a link on how to fill out CA-7s on our website right here. It is OWCP, where is it? How-to videos. How-to videos. There's how to fill out a CA-7. There's how to fill out CA-1s, 2s, and 7s, and so many more that Tom did. So go to that uh, website, federalindustriecenters.com, and you'll be able to find how to fill them out there. Yeah, but uh, she's right. I can't stress enough. If your claim's not approved, you're not getting paid no matter what. And then once it is approved, you need proper documentation to get paid. Um, if you've been denied because the CA-7 was filled out incorrectly, then definitely go check out that video and it goes box by box on how to fill it out. And that should clear it up. If it doesn't, let us know. Uh, 20 CFR says injured employees are entitled to it, but OWCP says it has to be within a year, but they have not been able to provide that law statute or regulation in writing. Yeah. And I've uh, read the laws. I've read more of this stuff than most lawyers have read it. And I've never seen anything. Um, if anyone knows of a rule that we they can point to that says you only have a year, um, I'd like to see it. But I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure I would have read that already. Um, those of you that need attorney help on receiving the money, like Ms. Sanchez, please message me after the live. Okay. And then I'll be able to get you the right person because Eric doesn't do some of these. I have to give you to another attorney. Can you read that? Yeah. So this, uh, let me just read it. Uh, I have a claim I filed last year when I when I filed the supervisor challenged my claim. Well, they do that. Uh, the doctor wrote why I believe my condition was caused by work and DOL then made the decision to fully accept my claim, which they should because the supervisor doesn't have a medical license. Um, I since had two surgeries, which I'm currently off work for. After my second surgery, almost a year after approval, the occupational nurse at the post office at the post office, uh, wrote my claim examiner saying she wants to challenge my claim. The post office has an occupational nurse. Okay. That's a different thing. Yeah. But, okay. That's probably okay because, uh, I like your medical doctor's odds at beating a nurse in a challenge. So that wouldn't bother me at all. Uh, can they do this after they already approved my claim? I'm going to tell you, I never see that. So I wouldn't worry that much about it, about it. And a nurse does not trump a doctor ever. Um, the work nurse and I have had many issues in the past, and I feel she is trying everything she can to make my life hell. What can I do to stop her? Uh, the beautiful thing is she's going to get stopped. The system is not going to allow for her to um, overrule your medical doctor, so I wouldn't sweat that at all. What else we got? This one here. My claim was accepted. Okay, so uh, Deanna said I filed... Two weeks ago, heard nothing uh, out of my FMLA using leave time. How would I know if the postmaster filled it out or not? So go to ecomp, ecomp.dol.gov. That's where you should have filled out your CA1 or 2, whatever you uh, filled out. And your uh, case file is going to have the completed form in it. You can also call your claims examiner uh, and ask if Thank it was filed. 
So let me just let you guys know when you guys uh, file your re reimbursement for mileage, you can only get a hundred miles round trip. Okay. And if you'd have to go over that, you do need to contact your claims examiner. Yeah. Cause let's say you, you try to report like 101 miles. There's a real good chance. It won't pay you for any it's of the first so hundred. Crazy. It's ridiculous. So if you're going to have to drive more than hundred miles, get prior authorization. Uh, Jose, I was rear ended on my LLV mailman truck three years ago. All went good for a couple of years until IME said I was good to go back to work. Then my doctor appealed and it was opened again. Then they sent me to a referee and they said I have a degenerative disc disease because of my age and was closed again. And I don't know what to do. I have 30 days to answer the letter chosen maybe hearing, but I do need to find a doctor. Yeah, you're going to need a doctor um, to write medical reports that that uh, support your case. You know, I always say that the best thing to do is go to work as soon as medically possible. I said yeah. that on a post once and somebody kind of gave me a hard time about it. And I said as soon as medically possible, not as soon as your supervisor wants you to go. It's two different things. Um, even if it's with restrictions, there's nothing better than just clocking in and getting paid. Because when you're out of work, you have to support it with documentation and fill out CA7s and suffer through, you know, payment denials. I just prefer you to go to work when you can physically, safely, and um, not worry about it. For claims to get closed, these things happen. You have lifetime medical. So setting payment aside, you get to get help for your uh, condition for the rest of your life, as long as the help you're getting is related to the original injury. As far as payment goes, though, they're not going to let you be out of work forever, no matter what. And so I would just do the best possible to get back there at some level and have your supervisor write a limited duty offer uh, so that you can clock in and uh, get paid without having to jump through hoops. Yeah, the percentage, if you guys just Google what the, the government rate is for mileage on Google or Ask AI, it's yeah. going to tell you. So, I mean, we don't know. Sure it it's probably around 56 cents, but I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, we, we don't know 100% sure. And so I don't want to give you the wrong answer. Neither does Chris. So you'll have to Google it or talk to somebody in your union they'll or your claims examiner if yeah. you get to um miss abdul said my claim has been approved i need to claim for those missing hours of going to physical therapy yeah so to do that you fill out your ca7 and your ca7a which is a time analysis form and um you need to attach documentation that you're at therapy so a printout of your appointments um i would prefer it to be signed by the uh person who did your treatment, the therapist, the doctor, whoever, uh, to prove that it's legit. Uh, Lindsay, you said for travel reimbursement, what if the case isn't accepted yet or even denied, but do you need to travel more than a hundred miles? Will it be reimbursed at the point? Unfortunately, it's only a hundred miles round trip. And if they have to go over, if, if they Googled and it was like 112 miles, they have to contact the claims examiner. That's what we've been told. Eric has said it. You've got to contact the claims examiner. And your claim must be approved. Yeah. You can start filling out your forms now so that you're ready to go. But the claim has to be approved first. There's no way around it. You have no benefits without an accepted claim. All right, this is a good one for uh, management. Is there any recourse for being treated poorly by supervisors because your doctor has put you out of work? Example, blaming you for other employees not being able to take their time off and telling you how mad they are, threatening DRAC and just plain talking nasty to you or hanging up on you. Yeah, you want to have grievances filed. You want to call, contact EEO and talk to an EEO counselor and tell them exactly what's happening. I cannot stress enough to you. Don't exaggerate. Don't add to it in any way. Just the hard facts. That's it. This this happened. 
this happened, this happened. Not your opinion of what happened, but what happened. Because what you want is for the, the uh, EEO counselor to just have a clear picture of what it is and not be thinking, all right, this one just got a problem. This one's got a personal issue. You don't know who's on the other end of the line when you're talking to them. So just give them the facts. This is what's happening. Is this a violation? Yes, you can get any claim reopened. You just got to go to a doctor that knows how to reopen the claim. Yeah, and it depends on the reason it was closed. But um, yeah. once you know the reason, it makes it easier to get it reopened. Okay, so Kim Maiden said, I drive from Chattanooga, Tennessee to Huntsville, Alabama twice a week for PT. I was told DOL won't reimburse my mileage because I can go somewhere closer. I choose to go to FIC because it's easier to stay on top of my paperwork. Is this correct? Well, to say they won't reimburse you, I mean, it's partially true. They usually don't, but they can reimburse you. And so you can always try. You can ask. Uh, you're not breaking any rules by making the attempt. But you got to just, in the end, it's a personal decision. What's more painful, not getting paid for mileage or not getting, you know, your claim handled properly. And whatever you decide, that's what you do. Okay. I know I'm, I'm just going to address this openly and honest. I know a lot of you have called and messaged me about our offices are saying they cannot help you with certain issues. Chris will be uh, training. training on some of these stuff. You have to remember our office is training doctors as fast as we can. So you guys can get the help. And there are little things that they may not know that they're they can do yeah. or they're supposed to do. So please be patient. If you have any issues, continue messaging me. I will give those messages. Tom handles that. Emmy and Jennifer handle all of that. Once I get it, send it to me. And Chris is going to be talking to the group of doctors and moving forward with a few new things. Yeah. And things happen. And she's right. She says, you know, be patient, but I'm not. So I won't say be patient. Um, instead, just tell us every single time something happens and we'll fix it. Just remember, you know, we've got 50 offices and growing and all the offices have staff and staff turns over. You know how turnover happens. Then you got new people. These are not good excuses. In fact, I believe they're bad excuses, but they're the reasons. And so we're going to handle it. But I appreciate the feedback. Um, that's the value of this franchise. You know, if you go to any individualized one off doctor's office, um, you're at the mercy of whatever the ideas are in that one office. Yes. But here the offices are at my mercy. And so you let them know or you let me know what's going on and I'll fix it. When when Chris is teaching you and telling you, yes, our offices do handle like, say, COVID or mental health issues, they may not understand how to do it or maybe they just weren't trained on it. So we are going to handle it. We're going to take care of it. So whatever he's saying, yes, please continue listening to what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. we're going to we're going to help you with all these uh, all these situations because we know how. Uh, let's see. We have uh, still no response for OWCP reconsideration. 10 weeks, no pay. Well, 19 weeks. And oh, sorry. So what you have to do is con uh, call your claim examiner. They probably won't answer. And that's actually good. You want to leave a detailed voicemail. And then the voicemails now get transcribed and the transcribed document gets uh, added to the case file. And all documents have to be reviewed by the claim examiner. So you'll actually get a response by um, leaving a voicemail. All right. So we're going to stop there because we still have a lot to do with supervisors. So let's get back onto that. So hold your questions, hold your questions and uh, let Chris continue. This is woodshed night, folks. We're taking supervisors out. Okay. So the next thing is about, actually, I'm going to skip over here. Okay. The time to report an injury. We are just in the AFGE group. 
And I said, uh, how long do we have to report an injury? And uh, like always, and it's not just them, it's everybody. Yes. Um, they said 30 days. No, that's how long you have to report your injury. Uh, that's a CA1 and you still can have COP. That's what 30 days is. But you have three years to report your injury. Three years. Somebody says three years. That's ridiculous. Okay, maybe. But it's not ridiculous if you've got time you want to be reimbursed. It's not ridiculous if you've got mileage to be reimbursed. It isn't ridiculous if you couldn't find a doctor and the doctor you did find took your health insurance and you had, had to pay deductibles and you like to get reimbursed. Um, and it's not ridiculous if you want to be eligible for a schedule award and the window of time of three years is not closed yet. So now you're eligible. And it's also not ridiculous if you want to have lifetime medical benefits that you don't pay out of your own pocket. Um, you know, if the thing comes back like a, a recurrence, you want to have the claim accepted. And um, if it's a recurrence and you've been using your health insurance, well, it's your health insurance. The other thing is, and, you know, she said this and it just stuck with me uh, a few weeks ago. Do you all realize that when you use your health insurance, because you went to a doctor who doesn't have OWCP knowledge or won't bill federal workers comp. Do you know that when you use your health insurance, that your um, premium claims go up? Yeah. Like, let's say a Blue Cross, right? The more you use Blue Cross today, the more you're going to pay for Blue Cross tomorrow. So the more you use it, the higher your claims are going to be or your uh, your premiums are going to be next year. So let's say like you're having, I don't even know, I just picked a number, $250 a month taken out of your check for health insurance. But everyone is using their health insurance for their work injuries. Well, next year, expect your premiums to go up to $350 or $400. I don't even know. But when you don't use OWCP, your health insurance premiums are going to go up. That's how insurance companies work. They don't care about you. They care about the bottom line. So that's how they handle it. But you have three years to report these injuries. So tying this back in, if you've been using your health insurance all this time, you can stop. Report this as an OWCP claim if it is a legitimate injury. Remember, don't lie. But as long as you're telling the truth, report it. So um, you have three years. And the Code of Federal Regulations says a notice of injury must be filed within three years of the injury. The United States Code said an original claim for compensation for disability or death must, don't die, must be filed within three years after the injury. B of that law says in the case of latent disability, the time for filing a claim does not begin to run until the employee has a compensable disability and is aware by the exercise of reasonable diligence or should have been aware of the causal relationship to the job. So in other words, if you have a CA2 injury and you've been walking around on a, on a bad knee for the last two years, and you thought it was just wear and tear, you didn't really connect the dots. You go to the doctor, you say, hey, doc, what's going on? And the doc says, well, wait, don't you carry the mail? Have you been doing that for 15 years? Of course your knees hurt. Well, today you now have three years because you exercise reasonable judgment. You were reasonably made aware that this is a work-related injury. So although you've been dealing with it for two years, you now by law have three years to report it. But don't do that. As soon as you realize it's work-related, report right away. And you know your supervisors may give you a hard time, but just refer back to the other things. They shall complete their portion. Uh, whoever uh, induces, compels, or whatever prevents you from filing a claim is committing a crime. And you have three years to report your injuries. So if you're walking around thinking, man, it's too late. My supervisor said I only had 30 days or two weeks or three days. Well, that was wrong, probably a lie. And um, because I think everyone in management knows you have three years. But like I always say, they're either dumb or playing dumb. So maybe they just don't know. But now you do. So you have three years to report your injuries. That's really important. And then the next issue that I hear all the time is supervisors say, I don't have to give you a CA-16. Yep. 
Now, the bigger issue is that you don't know what a CA-16 is until I've told you. Again, I go to these uh, live events and I say, who here has ever heard of a CA-16? And like two people out of the whole room raise their hand. I say, okay, well, who's heard of money? Well, this is funny too, just to come back. When we were teaching last week in Colorado, we were teaching MSHA, we were teaching the NCFLL, and we were teaching some folks from OSHA and they <clears> didn't even fun. know what it was. Yeah. So that was fun, but you know, and that's not a knock on anybody. It's right. just that everyone just needs don't to know. have the understanding that you don't know about OWCP and that's your problem. Uh, so uh, Juanita Ellis says, what is a CA-16? I'm so glad you asked. A CA-16 pays all of your medical bills for the first 60 days on a CA-1 injury that was reported within one week. So let me break that down. It's only good for CA-1 claims. A CA-1 claim is something, it's an injury that happens in a single shift. And um, like you twisted a, twisted your knee, twisted your ankle, broke a bone, got bit by a dog, whatever. It happened right now. You got in a car wreck. That's a CA-1. It happened today. And if you report that injury that happened today within seven days, which you should report it the same day, like right away, immediately report it. If you have to call 911, do that first, but then call your supervisor and report it right away. Yeah. And then go to e-comp on the same day and file your claim right away. Well, when you report your injury within seven days, you get a form called a CA-16. And this form pays all of your medical bills for the first 60 days. And no matter what, you never have to pay it back. Even if your claim is finally denied and is never accepted, you don't have to pay back those 60 days. And the good news is a lot of injuries can be, uh, can be resolved in 60 days. So you can have all your medical bills paid. But it certainly will cover your bills until the claim can be accepted. And so a CA-16 is critically important. And the Code of Federal Regulations says when an employee sustains a work-related traumatic injury, that's a CA-1, um, that requires medical examination, medical treatment, or both, the employer shall, there's that word again, the employer shall authorize such exam and or treatment by issuing a form CA-16. Letter B says the employer shall issue the form CA-16 within four hours of the claimed injury. Four hours. So your supervisor will say, I don't have to give that to you. You're not hurt bad enough. That's not the law. It says the supervisor shall authorize a CA-16 within four hours of the claimed injury. Not shall issued if they feel like it. It says when, when your injury requires a medical exam or treatment. Well, I say all injuries require at least an exam because you don't know and you're not a medical license or you don't have a medical license. And your supervisor doesn't have a medical license. So all injuries should get at least an examination. And you know what? That's fine. The doctor can say, you're fine. Go back to work. Fantastic. I'm fine. But um, the rub some dirt on it technique will cause you to lose your CA-16 because you waited. If you wait more than seven days, you cannot have it. And if you wake up on day eight and go, man, this thing's not getting better. It's too late. You don't get your CA-16. So don't allow them to prevent you from getting what they should give you within four hours. And this, I think, is the biggest problem um, on of everybody that I've ever talked to who just their life financially spiraled out of control. They reported their injury late and as a result did not get a CA-16 and did not get continuation of pay. So they had no way to pay for their time off and they had no way to pay their medical bills. And it's an uphill battle to get better if you can't afford to be out of work and you can't afford to go to the doctor. Those are serious problems when you have when you have injuries and you need help. So report right away and get your CA-16 and file a grievance. Do whatever it takes if your supervisor refuses to give you a CA-16. That is unacceptable. There is no acceptable reason to not give it to you. They have to. 
Okay, uh, Juanita, I'm just asking. I see mm -hmm. it. So she also said, uh, where do we go to report CA1 and CA16? So I said, remember, I said ecomp. It's ecomp.dol.gov. It's a website. You have to go there and create a, uh, an account, which is super easy. It's like one and a half screens of information that you know by memory, like your social, your date of birth, et cetera. And then from there, there's a button that says CA1. And you just file your CA1. The CA16, you have to get from your supervisor. You can't file that on ecomp, but your supervisor has to give it to you. If they say they don't have one, go to federalinjurycenters.com and go to the OWCP forms tab and print one yourself because we've got a copy of it there, but you still have to take it to your supervisor and have it filled out and signed by them. You guys, I'm just going to pause here because I had a, a question. Why are you so scared of filing your claims? Because with these laws and these rules, they have to follow. I mean... Do you, oh, and I say this all the time and I hate saying it. If you die tomorrow, God they bad. don't care. Your job is going to be posted like that. You all know it. Stop being scared of them. They're every they do day. Care, they're going to replace you tomorrow. They're going to replace you. And they don't care that you're injured. And all of this, what you guys are saying, oh, you know, they're making, they're talking behind my back. They're making me feel guilty. Other, other coworkers. That's not your problem. No. Your problem is getting better. Yeah. And. To go with that, I've got a list of 25 things. It's probably going to be my fourth book. Yeah, those of you out there got in the books, you're rolling your eyes. Like Chris keeps talking about this fourth book. We're waiting. We're, well, we're, the reason I haven't yeah. written it, okay, I actually combined the three together mm -hmm. into book four, but I've been talking to someone who's like an expert in books. Yes. And I didn't do that the first time around. And so I think I've got a whole new book, but it's going to start with the 25 things you can do yourself to get a claim accepted. And thing number 10 is I don't care what my supervisor thinks. I don't care what my supervisor thinks. So forget what your supervisor thinks or any other F word you want to replace forget with. Yeah. Forget what your supervisor thinks because when you're at home at night, you can't sleep because you're in pain. They're sleeping. Because we've heard this from union presidents. We know some of them follow you. Some of them send, I don't know, these postal people or somebody from wherever you work for any this is and this goes for all agencies it's not just for usps it goes for afge every as well agency. every single one you know they told me that they're going to fire me we know somebody that got fired once their claim got accepted they rehired them again i mean like you cannot be scared to file your injury you just cannot because they cannot do anything to you unless like chris said it is a false injury yeah. Now, can and can are funny. Those of you that know me know that I would dispute that they can't do it because they do it all the time. The problem is they're not supposed to be able to do it. And the reason they get away with it is because you let them. Yes. And you let them because you don't you don't hammer them. You don't. don't file grievances. You don't file OSHA complaints. You don't file EEO complaints. You don't do labor board charges. You don't call the OIG. You don't contact the deal with the DOJ. And I'm telling you, those are all tools in your tool bag. They're yes. all there for you. Um, but you're not doing it. I'm looking forward, and I'm sorry to supervisors. Um, not okay. I'm not um, at all. Actually, I'm looking forward to the first person getting fined or thrown in jail, because it's only going to take one. When one person gets fined or thrown in jail, the word's going to get around, and this is all going to stop. There, they I don't are want that to happen. I, supervisors, if you're watching this, I do not want you to go to jail. Okay, and that's not what I want. What I want you to do is your damn job. And if you would just do your job, we wouldn't have this problem. Again, you can't get fired. File your claims. And you no, know, we okay, hear about you it. You can get fired, right? But yes. They're not supposed, supposed to. to. Can and right. can are funny. Yes, they can, but it's against the law. 
And on top of that, you know, we hear about this retaliation and they take your hours away or they send you somewhere else. You have to file these grievances. You it have to go to, to the, retaliate yes. in any way. 1-800-321-OSHA. Call OSHA. It's like when we taught them this last weekend, they were like, yeah, now we know what to tell our people in OSHA what to do. Like yeah. this was information they didn't even know. Christine said that we gave her enough courage to file four grievances. You know what? That's yes. almost enough grievances. Awesome. Me. Keep it up. I love it. Thank you for doing that. Okay. Um, I want to do the rest of these roles and we'll hang around and answer some questions after. But the next thing that really is a huge pet peeve of mine, it's I think the number one reason when you file a claim it doesn't get approved is you're going to the wrong doctor. And the wrong doctor is anybody who's not trained in OWCP and most likely anybody that's not a federal understanders doctor. But that's for maybe another topic. You have the right to choose your own doctor. And your supervisors are all the time telling you you have to go to the urgent care. If you work for the VA, they're telling you you have to go to see the VA doctor. If you work on a base, they tell you you have to go to the you know employee health center or whatever. You don't have to do any of that. The CA-10 says you have the right to choose the physician you initially see for medical treatment. What does initially mean? It means first. First. It means they can't tell you where to go. That's on the CA-10, what a federal employee should do when injured at work. The CFR says the employer, and this is a joke, okay, but it's in the law. The employer should advise the employee of the right to his or her initial choice of physician, and the employer shall allow the employee to select that position, a qualified position. So not only can they, do you have the right to choose, the supervisor is supposed to tell you it's your right to choose, yes. not tell you you have to go to the, to the urgent care that's staffed by a nurse practitioner that won't get an MD counter signature. And even if they did, they won't write an adequate report, and so your claim won't get approved. So you don't have to go to these doctors. With that said, if you're bleeding and you need stitches, if you've broken a bone, you need your bone set, if you need emergency surgery um, or any of a number of other emergency situations and you need to go to the ER or to an, emergent, uh, an urgent care, that's fine. But tomorrow, contact an OWCP provider. That's going to be the key in getting your claim accepted. Then there's a document called the CA-810. It's almost like a training manual for everybody. And it says an employee is entitled to the initial choice of physician. How about that? There it is again. Agency personnel may not interfere with the employee's right to choose a physician. How about that? Nor may they require an employee to go to a physician who is employed by or under contract to the agency before going to the physician of the employee's choice. So that last part, nor may they be required to go to a uh, physician who is employed by or under contract to the agency. That screams VA where, you know, you work in a hospital with doctors. You can't be required to go to those doctors and your supervisor is required to tell you it's your choice and you have the right to choose. You can go to any doctor you want. If you go to your family practice doctor, they're not going to be trained to do this. We love them and they're great people. I, was, I saw a family doctor today and I liked them a lot. But that person cannot do OWCP. Um, your chiropractor on the corner with a sign on the building that just says chiropractor, which is my pet peeve as a business guy because it doesn't really say anything. Uh, you can't go there because they don't have a medical doctor. Our chiropractors have medical doctors. Um, and even if they did, they don't know how to write reports. And they can't write reports because chiropractors are not positions in workers' comp unless they're doing subluxations. But they can do therapy and they can work in a practice where they employ the doctor. If you go to a surgeon, surgeons do surgery. They don't write reports. Urgent cares are staffed by nurse practitioners. ER doctors are too busy. Um, and so on and so on and so on. VA doctors are world class, but they're not trained and you're not their mission. The veterans are as they should be. 
So you have to choose your own doctor. It's your right. And making a bad choice is generally going to lead to a denied claim. So choose wisely. There's where all of our offices are. You can uh, check the locations tab at federalinjurycenters.com. But this isn't a sales presentation. You don't have to go to any of those doctors. If you like to fight for everything you got, go to any other doctor. If you want our doctors to fight for you, uh, contact federal injury centers. Yes. You have the right to choose your own doctor. That's really important. And then I've got one more law that I want to point out as soon as I find it. Here we go. All right. This is going to be the last law that I want to discuss with you. And uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about limited duty offers. Your supervisors do this one thing and they're like prolific at doing it. They do it to everybody. Um, and it's that here's your limited duty offer. Sign it right here. Sign it now. If you don't sign it, we're going to take it away. Well, that's BS. OK, your limited duty assignment is your right by law. Um, and so I went through this in great detail because I did an entire topic just on this. Um, and as a result, it's now in my live trainings. Uh, I'm going to discuss it in great detail when I'm in Sacramento. But you have a right to show the limited duty offer to your doctor. And they have to also provide a copy of that offer to your claims examiner. So if they're providing it to the claims examiner, why would they make you accept it the same day? And they haven't even given it to the claims examiner yet. They have it. They showed you, but they haven't uploaded it through e-comp. It's not been submitted. So it says um, that they have to provide a copy to OWCP. From there, the CFR says OWCP shall advise the employee that it has found the offered work to be suitable, assuming that it found it to be suitable. And then it affords the employee 30 days to accept the job or present any reason to counter OWCP's findings of suitability. So 30 days right there. The limited duty offer has been submitted to you. It's been submitted to the claims examiner. The claims examiner reads it. And if they think it's suitable, they tell you. If not, they tell the supervisor, this doesn't work. And if they tell you they think it's suitable, they give you a month to figure it out. And it says also in that CFR that if OWCP finds that the reasons not to accept the limited duty offer are not acceptable, in other words, you say no, and they say, well, that's not right. It gives you another 15 days to accept the job without penalty. Without penalty. Okay, so it's not now. It's at least 45 days from now. There's another CFR right before this one that says, if the employer has advised an employee in writing that specific alternative positions or limited duty exist, the employee shall provide the description and physical requirements dot, 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 to the attending physician and ask whether and when he or she will be able to perform those duties. So here you go. You don't have to accept the limited duty offer now. And in fact, I'll tell you, it'd be ridiculous to do so because they're often wrong. They are often wrong. I read a statistic that said something like 90% of limited duty officers offers didn't match the CA-17. 90%, nine out of 10. Okay. If yours matched, it was an accident. Okay. It was by luck. And so they can't require you to accept a limited duty assignment that could get you hurt worse. You have at least 45 days to show this to a doctor and then get back to them and say, OK, I'll take it. Or here's my reason why not. You submit that and OWCP will evaluate it. And if they disagree with you, they'll give you another 15 days to figure it out. So don't accept limited duty offers right in front of you and um, have this rule. It's 20 CFR 10.515 and 20 CFR 10.516. That's the rules that say you have 30 days, 15 days, and you can show it to your uh, physician. Those are really important. And your supervisors are using this uh, against you. They're putting you in a really bad spot. 
just for this alone, they deserve to go behind the woodshed because this is what's going to get you really hurt. And here I am telling you, and I started this thing off, that the surest way to get paid is to go to work and clock in and take a limited duty assignment, clock in so you're getting paid. Well, here your supervisor is making that really, really hard for you, and you shouldn't allow it. So remember, these are the rules, and you file a grievance. If they try to push you, you file a grievance. If they try to push you to sign this thing before your 30 days and your other 15 days, contact OSHA, 1-800-321-OSHA, and have these laws in front of you and say, hey, OSHA, the supervisor is trying to make me go back to work, and it might not be safe. Here's the law. Is this a safety violation? Okay. Probably. Uh I know somebody asked about exactly what Chris is talking about right after this live on the limited duty offers. I will go ahead and post this onto the Wednesday night chats. So you guys have the actual entire law. So we'll go ahead and po I'll go ahead and post that for you. Yeah, I'll do it because I'm making a picture out of it right now. So I'll, I'll turn it to a, a JPEG and I'll give it to you and you can print it out and keep it with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, Hello, Alicia and Dr. Harper. Hey, hey. Hello, Jeremy from Alabama. What's happening? Uh, Jessica said, Jesse, sorry, excuse me. Jesse said, what if they refuse to let you work your limited duty offer and tell you to work a different job or they're going to walk you off the clock? Well, uh, okay. Great question. When they make a limited duty offer, that is the job that they have to give you. If you show up to work, on a limited duty assignment that you approve, that your doctor approved, that your claim examiner approved, and then they change it, they're causing a safety violation that you contact OSHA, contact the EEO, and tell your union reps that you need to file a grievance. They cannot go against the doctor. They don't have a medical license. The CA-17, which wrote your restrictions, is a medical document. What supervisor is, um, is, you know, has a right to change a medical document? That's ridiculous. Okay, so don't allow for that. Um, and Juanita Ellis said, what recourse, and Chris just went over it, what recourse do I have if the postmaster isn't following the 25-pound restrictions for light duty? You need to talk to your union and file a grievance and call OSHA, 1-800-321-OSHA, and tell them what's going on. Remember, don't make accusations. Just tell the truth. Here's what's happening. I have a limited duty assignment, and the supervisor I can only lift 25 pounds. And my postmaster is making me lift 50. That sounds like twice as much as my doctor wants me to lift. Is that a safety violation? And then file that grievance. Right. Uh, Samara Marie said, will you still be able to get compensation while you're deciding to accept the job offer? Well, okay. So you have 30 days by, by rule, right? The CFR says that you have potentially up to another 15 days. And so as long as you're following the rules, uh, you can be paid LWAP to be off work. And then last question on here, then I'm going to jump on to there. It says, does OWCP accept CME reports? CME. That's what else you said. Medical, something medical exam. I forget what the C stands for. I don't know what that, what is CME? Anyways, tell me. I know tell I heard it. Is. I don't yeah. know why I'm drawing a blank right now. Let's... It could be the Tordal shot I just had to take today. I'm a little cloudy. All right, let's see here. I got some questions here that don't pop up on my iPad. Alicia Carter says, How? I'm good. This way? Been up. Yeah. No, you're going the wrong way. You're hyperextending it. Now put the whole thing up. There, there you go. go. All right. All right. 
Okay. Alicia said, how long can you be on restrictive duty? I am now on 15 pound lifting. And my doctor says I'm to never lift that weight or I will have another surgery on my lumbar spine. This is approved by OWCP. Well, it depends, first of all, on your craft, on your agency. Um, some say if you're out of work for a year, some say if you're out of work for two years, um, there are different stipulations there. You need to get with your union and figure this out. Um, I know people that have been on OWCP restrictions for like years and years and years and years, like longer than I could ever imagine possible. But um, if you hit the left side of that mouse, that thing will stop popping up. Um, so that's what I would say. Get with your union and figure that out and see how it applies to you because um, you're not all the same, unfortunately. that's That should be a rule that applies evenly to everybody, but it just doesn't. Okay. Uh, let's see. Aaron said, I had a reoccurrence in December while on use or lose annual leave. OWCP paid both hospital bills, been on LWAP since 1-3-23. OWCP reoccurrence on 2-28. And then reconsideration filed on 3-8. So you're now waiting on reconsideration. That can take some time. I mean, I'll tell you, that's... That's a long time. I would call your claim examiner, leave that voicemail and find out what the status is. Okay, Rob said, I also have a back injury case. I received a schedule award, but my back is worse now. Do I have any options? Yeah, hang on just a second. Scroll back up to that last one that you clicked on. Un unclick it. Click on it again. Just click on it again. There you go. Okay keep using that. So she's got a different computer than me. So she's using the mouse pad wrong because I have a different one. You just click the left side. All right, go ahead. I just read it. Well, now you have to read it again. I also have a back injury case. I received a schedule award, but my back is worse now. Do I have any options? Yeah, you can um, get reevaluated for that award. And if it's worse, they can uh, actually give you a higher uh, impairment percentage and you can get paid the difference. Okay, Kathy said, reported injury immediately, day after injury, got nothing federally until 14.5 years after injury following oh, no. brain surgery at GW Hospital. Whoa. What do you mean that you got nothing? It's been 14 years now. So you may want to message me so we could chit chat. Yeah, yeah. I think we can probably help you, but wow. Okay, so there's a question here about COVID and the COVID rules have changed and it's very complicated and I don't want to go into COVID because I've already used an hour. What I want you to do um, to the person who wrote a COVID question is send us a private message and I'm going to uh, help you individually. And But for the rest of you, if you get COVID, you need to fill out a CA2 on e-comp. That's how you um, get a COVID claim approved. Rob said, I already had a non-industrial knee replacement. My job, of course, contributed to it 10 miles a day for seven years. Can I go back to that case? They denied it already. You can. Um, the problem is, is that if they denied it more than 12 months ago, you're going to really struggle uh, with that. There's some. There's a way to do it, though. So why don't you go ahead and just send us a private message on uh you know, wherever you're watching from, Facebook or wherever, and uh, we'll, we'll tell you what to do. There is a way to do it, but it's very, very complicated. And it'll take a lot more than the time I have to explain it. But I think we can help you.
My doctor who awarded my Fed TBI justice had was head of neurology at GW Hospital. He holds his own practice in Friendship Heights in 2023 and wrote seven medical correspondence to labor initial two one-liners brought my case to award 14.5 years after my Fed wow. TBI induced. Well, that doctor did a monumental job. That's yeah. incredible. Will you still be able to get compensation while you're deciding? Okay, Chris already said that. Yep. I'm going to be posting that limited duty law. Okay, Jeremy said, if you're on limited duty assignment and you have been scheduled for surgery, do you automatically get to go back to the limited duty assignment? Well, if you have surgery, your CA-17 is going to change uh, after the surgery. So I'm going to tell you your limited duty assignment is going to have to change too. <laughs> Barbara said, shout out to the Lando Lakes, Florida. Love all the employees at the office. Dr. K, Max, Mitchell, Lisa, Jeff, Gina, the best they all care and do so much for us employees. Oh, well, thank you for that. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah. So um, that's actually a good place for us to stop. We'll answer the rest of your questions if we didn't get to them. So um, don't think we're ignoring you. Uh, just keep an eye on the comments and we'll reply to them. But um, yeah, I appreciate Barbara saying that about the uh, the offices here in the Tampa Bay area. Our, our, all of our offices are that way. Now, I know some of you will have some problems, like I said, there are growing pains. We're going to work through them, but we're going to work with you uh, to make sure your problems get solved. But we're hearing this all the time. I'm really, really proud of the doctors we have because um, they're all on board with our mission to get approved claims. Uh, you've probably been seeing if you're if you're paying attention to this page. Um, I'm showing you all the time about doctors who are getting claims approved. And like I posted the other day from Vegas, 27 pictures of people with accepted claims. I mean, that was just in one setting while I was drinking coffee. But this is a thing. We had over 1,100 claims approved last year. I think we've already surpassed that this year, and which is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. Um, we're just getting claims accepted at a rate that nobody's ever even dreamed of. And the doctors are, um, they're very loving. You know, we've, we're picky about who we bring on. And as many of you know, I've fired some offices because they don't um, see things the way I want them to see it. They don't look at you the way I want them to look at you and love you the way I want them to love you. Um, the ones we have now do, and um, we're really proud of it. So if you need help with an OWCP claim, go to federalinjurycenters.com and check out the locations tab. Um, you'll find that we have 50 offices in about 24 states. If they're not, if there's not one close to you yet, uh, we apologize. Uh, we are working with who wants to work with us. I don't choose um, who contacts me. They choose us. They choose us. And uh, for every one of those 50 that said yes, we had about 100 that said no. Um, it's very, very difficult to get doctors to take on this job of helping you. So the ones that we have, you know, just show them your gratitude because they're doing a thing nobody else wants to do. They're helping you with something nobody else wants to help you with. And um, and we love it because we're winning at a record pace. Um, we're winning so much, uh, but it never gets old. We never get tired of winning and you don't either. Accepted claims, there's just there's nothing better in my world than accepted OWCP claims. So we're very happy. Thank you for the, the good feedback on that. And for those of you that are having problems, just let us know because uh, the best way to solve a problem is to hear it from you. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Uh, CJ Hammer on Instagram. So you're asking if we can come out and train your 
uh, union members at your convention? Yes, we can. We have some rules that we'd like you guys to follow since we're, we're not charging for this. The room's got to be filled with all the people there to understand what's going on. We not can't do these the little want everybody there. 10, 15 people here and there. Okay. So it's got to be filled. We just need a projector. We need uh, three hours max. And Chris plugs into the projector and we do our three hours. We will stop for breaks and then come back and then we'll have books and things to give away while we're there if you come to the convention. Yeah. And then outside of that, um, please share this with your friends. Let people know that we're here on Wednesday nights teaching OWCP. Uh, we'll have a different topic next time. Um, tonight's topic was Woodshed Night. I was less brutal on supervisors than I'm used to, um, but I've been told that I need to be a little nicer. And so, you know, I only said they're dumb or playing dumb once. I didn't say it. To well, I said it twice now. But I didn't say the third time that they're dumber playing. I did that too. So I'm going to have him stop because he's not all there. So um, I will be posting the limited duty offers. I will be posting where we're going to be when we get to Sacramento. And no, we don't have any offices in Sacramento yes. yet. Joe is working on that. And yes, you can come see us. We will have a table there. But again, remember, it is not our convention. It is the APW state convention. So you cannot sit in on their training, but you definitely can come talk to us about any of your issues that you are having. Come grab some books and the stuff we give away and come say hello. Um, and then we'll be heading down to Orlando for APW next week. We will not do chats next Wednesday. We will be back on the 31st. We're going to do, we're going to talk about reconsiderations because I see a lot of you have reconsideration questions. So we're going to talk about reconsiderations, all the different types of appeals and why we choose reconsiderations. And we're also going to do Q and A. Yeah. So come on back next week. I will answer any other questions after this. And again, if you have any personal messages, just message me privately on chats or on my Sorogeny Helms page. And we'll actually be doing Wednesday night chats from Orlando next week from our uh, hotel at the APW convention. We're there on Wednesday. No, we're not. It says it right there. Yeah, but we're not doing that from there. We're not? No. So how are we so, going to do chats next week? We're not. That's why I just said we are not doing oh, chats okay, next okay. Wednesday. We are doing it on the 31st. Reconsideration oh. and Q&A. That's a bummer. I want to do it next week. But she's in charge. Yeah. So we have things planned while we're there. Oh. Yeah. So um, we will see you guys back on the 31st. I will get everything posted tonight. Any other questions, message me and... Thank you guys for joining in on Woodshed Night. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks a lot for, for your questions, and uh, I hope it helped. She'll post that uh, limited duty offer thing shortly. Bye, guys. Have a good night. Bye.